Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, Iowa, and welcome to our first official episode. It's about time. It is about time. We've been talking about doing a podcast for a really long time, which I feel like is a very generic thing that all podcasters say. <laughs> You're probably right. <laughs> okay. Um, but hey, we're excited to be doing this, excited for all of you that have joined us. Um, it's a great day to talk about Hawkeye football, but full disclosure, let's just give them a little insight into our night. It's Sunday night. At 11.10 p.m., we just put our five-month-old son to sleep. He literally just fell asleep. He He's great at rolling over. He just doesn't understand that you don't have to always do it. Yeah, like you always have to be rolling over <laughs> all of the time <laughs> just to like just to be doing it at 10.30 p.m. Like his usual bedtime is 9.30. So it wasn't like we were trying to put him to bed at 6 just for the sake of it so we could do the podcast like no we waited gave him a bath did the whole thing used the lavender soap that's supposed to help nighttime him. johnson soap the nighttime aura gel the nighttime <laughs> gripe water we went over three for two hours yeah no it it wasn't working so um anyway he's asleep now and uh we're gonna get to it now let's talk about let's talk about the game Okay. Let's do it. <laughs> 34 to 6 win over Indiana. Can't ask for much better for the first game of the season. Um before we get into like the Xs and Os and the football of it all, I want to talk about the fans. I want to talk about the atmosphere because other than like night ga- night game Kinnick Stadium, you know, like the lights are on, we got the blackout uniforms or like the Ohio State like custom uniforms whatever. Other than one of those games, this might have been one of my favorites as far as atmosphere goes. Like, I was walking down from uh, the press box, walking down to the tunnel to go out on to the mm-hmm. field. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like 2 o'clock, so we had like a half hour. Um, but anyway, I was walking through the concourse, and it was like slam-packed full of people, which I think is really not out of the ordinary, of course, but no. it's just been a really long time <laughs> since I've had to do it. I kind of forgot that many people lived in Iowa City. I don't think they all live in Iowa City. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, exist in Iowa City. Maybe that's a better way to put it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, I'm like walking through the concourse. It's just completely packed. And I got stuck because people were trying to like get in their seats. And so it kind of turned into a standstill. And um, of course, somebody had to start the IOWA chant, which is amazing, but also like a little bit terrifying at the same time when I was stuck in the middle of it and like trying my best to get down to the field to like do sound check and all of that kind of stuff. Anyway, that was cool. Um, just another like piece of game day that I kind of forgot about, I guess. And it was really nice to see and nice to see everybody like come together and do the Iowa chant again, even though um, the game hadn't even started. Um, but yeah, and then I got down onto the uh, into the tunnel to go out onto the field and I thought I was going to throw up, not because I was nervous. <laughs> I, it was just like 
felt weird. I don't know how to explain it. Like the vibe and the energy was just like level 11. I, I mean, I don't know how else to explain it. Like, yeah, I didn't puke if you're wondering. Um, but, <laughs> Thank you for clearing that up. Yeah. I, I, all of our listeners were very concerned. <laughs> well, um, but I, I felt like I was coming close. Anyway, so... I just got to say, like, huge shout out to the Hawkeye fans. Um, you guys were next level. And I know that the team definitely feeds off of that energy. You could probably speak a little more to that, honestly. Yeah, I mean, anytime it's electric in there. I mean, it 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 feels so much different when you're on the field. Like, when you're up in the stands, so I watch this game from the stands, and being with, you know, the rest of the fans, you hear that it's loud, but you don't, like, get the full immersive feeling of it. But when you're down on the field, it's it's an epic feeling. I mean, there really is no other word outside of electric that I can even think of to try and describe that. Right. And if you like if we were just telling somebody this story like, oh, so crazy, like you could tell the players are feeding off of it. Like we actually have proof that they were feeding (laughs) off of it. And I feel like that was um, that first touchdown from Tyler Goodson, 56 yards, took it to the house. I mean, like that really set the bar of like, okay, we're back. Well, and they did it in Iowa way, right? On the ground, (laughs) ground and pound. It wasn't meant, I mean, every play you're trying to score, but being able to go off tackle, we had two tight ends in the game running right off and uh, 56 yards is is a good way to start the season, less than two minutes into the season. Um, Speaking of Tyler Goodson, have you seen his commercial? I have with he, Dane Belton, and Keith Duncan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a good commercial. It I is. thought it was cool. It it's a good one. Uh it the way that it's set up though, like Dane and Tyler are eating, right? And then Keith like shows up kind of as like a waiter. I'm not gonna say he's a waiter, but he looks like he's supposed to be a waiter. Hmm. I didn't get that. I didn't, you didn't catch get that vibe. That. No, I no, I wasn't <clears throat> didn't look that far into it well if you watch it watch it again watch it again uh he he talks about nebraska and you know he does his his infamous you know arms up uh Mm -hmm. over to the bench but i shouldn't say well infamous if you're from nebraska famous if you're from if you're in iowa right um but yeah he kind of looks like a waiter okay i'm I'm gonna have to watch not saying it's a bad thing i'll go back and watch the film um no but (laughs) uh, what does he say at the end um not the end but Tyler's like, yeah, me and touchdowns go together like um, uh, chips, chips and salsa. And salsa. Mm-hmm. Yes. I thought that was great. And hey, I mean, he proved it. Like Two minutes in, <laughs> chips and salsa. I liked it. I feel um, like that's got to be one of his, um, like almost every time he scores, he should do some type of chips and salsa. That would probably cost more for name image likeness. See, These are things I don't, you know, I've never had to think about. Wish you did. You know, like, do they have a bag of chips waiting for him in the end zone? I just feel like that's like a penalty way. This is to yeah. This is probably getting a little too far. Yeah, this doesn't sound like the KF that we know. <laughs> no, it that doesn't. would not slide. <laughs> um, all right. So right after that, uh, Riley Moss thirty yard pick six again takes it to the house, takes it right to the north end zone. Um, what would his commercial be? Well, I'll let, I'll let you go first. You were very excited. You wouldn't tell me it earlier because you're know. like, I have to wait for the podcast. So, Well, I want it to be genuine. I want a good reaction out of this, okay? <laughs> Two pick sixes from Riley Moss, right? Okay, so, like, he's in a commercial, and it's for a sandwich shop. I don't know which one, but I'm just going to use Subway just for fun. He'd be like, hey, I'm Riley Moss, and I always, you know, um, something about two two pick sixes, and I always pick two six-inch sandwiches when I go to Subway, Every Tuesday, you can get two six-inch sandwiches for uh, an amount of money that's less than usual. <laughs> I'm Riley Moss. <laughs> an amount of money that's less than usual. You know, like on sale or something. I love it. Two pick sixes. So it'd be like, 
the five dollar foot long, except you can pick two different flavors. Two different. See, you could have like I'll two have, different subs. I'll have the two pick sixes for five dollars. The first one will be buffalo chicken. The second one will be turkey and ham Swiss. I like it. I like where we're at. See, I mess so, with that. If anyone wants to hit me up for any more commercial ideas, um, <laughs> go ahead. Uh, You'll have to pay me though. I feel like. Um, I feel like it's got to be something with his hair. Okay. Like I feel like he's kind of got this flow going. I don't know if he greases it back underneath his helmet. Like if he needs like that old school grease, like Jets and Sharks, like he rolls on the field while he's snapping his fingers kind of thing, like uh, West Side Story. Or if he's like head and shoulders, you know, more like now he doesn't have the locks like Troy Palomalu or, you know, Patrick Mahomes. and He doesn't really have locks, but he just takes care of his hair, right? I feel like Riley Moss could fit in there in terms of taking care of his hair okay we're gonna go with this we're gonna go with the sandwich idea we're gonna stick with that one <laughs> that okay that's okay. okay all right so let's move on to something you know a little more about uh not tv commercials and okay. how about football yeah okay <laughs> jeepers so as we're going into like spring ball you get into summer workouts and then you go into fall camp there's always like preseason hype around a specific person or like a specific group or whatever it might be. Um, there's always a lot of questions out there of who's going to do this or who's going to be in this spot or whatever it might be. That's kind of the nature of the beast, right? The nature of football and media and how it all kind of comes together. But what we wanted to do is just kind of look across the board, um, look at all the articles that came out preseason, um, some tweets, whatever it might be, um, and then look at the first game and be like, were the questions answered? Were the expectations met? And kind of going off of that, a couple of things. One, expectations are, they come from interesting places. Like they can come from multiple sources. So the first one, obviously from the player, let's say the player goes out there, performs really well, i.e. Tyler Linderbaum. And now he kind of set the expectation on himself, but that's just because he goes out there and does what he does, right? Then there's based on potential, right? Media comes in, they see one or two practices out of the 15 in spring. They see one or two practices out of the 23 that happen in fall camp. And they create their story, their narrative, their whatever it is over a certain player or a certain position group that they think needs to step up or they think needs to do X, Y, Z. Uh, so it's interesting how expectations, they can really come from anywhere, right? But they get publicized very quick, especially when, when the media decides whatever Hey, take it easy position media. Group. Take it easy on the media. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, talking to a person that's slightly a part of it. <laughs> well, I mean, it's true, though. I mean, they go and they go and they see, you know, I mean, we had a lot of stuff written about us as receivers uh, when I played there. And, and every year it was quarterbacks. I mean, that's kind of one of the main thing. And that's kind of what I want to start with is the, the quarterback battle, so to speak. Mm, yeah, I feel like every year we could have the same quarterback for like three years running could be their senior year and would be like, hey, you know what, there's a quarterback battle out there. <laughs> you never know. I'm every time being facetious. But um, let's talk about it, though. I mean, that was kind of a storyline that came out of this spring, I guess you would say people um, talking about who's going to be the main guy and who's really going to step up. Obviously, you know, last season was weird. We can all kind of agree on that. And I don't think we really got a good idea of who Spencer Petrus was uh, last season or really anybody just because it was so, like I said, weird um, leading up to it. So what are your thoughts on the quarterback battle? Um, Spencer Petrus on Saturday, 13 of 27, 145 yards, and then obviously had that uh, nine-yard running touchdown. But 
I don't know. Just give me your thoughts. What do you got? Well, so first off, like you alluded to, I mean, last year was ridiculous. I mean, we're talking about a first-year starter who didn't have a spring, barely had a summer, barely had a fall camp, and then had his first couple weeks taken and pushed back. And now he doesn't get any of those live reps, right? He doesn't get a whole lot of that time. Now, I mean, he can go out with the receivers and be like, hey, I want to throw routes today or whatever. You know, they go out there, they Could do the thing. Though? You never know what COVID restrictions. Ah, you know what I'm saying? Like, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's weird. That's not something I hadn't thought about either. So if he wasn't even able to do that, then we're talking about a guy who didn't get like any reps, right, with his receivers. And uh, the last, I want to say it was like the last four games, he went five touchdowns, zero interceptions, was playing really well. He comes in uh, against, he comes in against Indiana and I thought he played really well. He took care of the football. He didn't make dumb decisions. He knew when he threw the ball away. He knew when to kind of roll out. There were a few times I thought he threw a really nice ball to Charlie Jones. Uh, Unfortunately, Charlie's foot was out, but he's rolling to his left, is able to kind of take a longer stride and hit him uh, in rhythm. And I thought that like those little plays I think are big. Um, Not only that, but you mentioned his nine yard rushing touchdown, being able to, I don't think anybody in the, in the stadium saw a quarterback draw coming from Spencer Petrus, but obviously, um, I mean, he made it work. He's one of those guys that's going to compete. And I think that that's, that's kind of why he's the guy, right? Um, we were able to see, we talked about battle. We were able to see Alex Padilla there for a little bit. Um, clearly he's the number two went in toward the end of the game, kind of a rough start, uh, for him, his first play. So I'm not going to go too into the weeds here, but essentially there's a read he can make, Uh, on that particular play, whether or not he wants to throw it or run it. And after he snapped it, he was getting ready to run it, and he goes, wait a minute, I think I was supposed to throw that based on that look. Turns to throw it, there's a guy in his face, gets batted down. It's not a bad play, it's not a terrible play, it's not a negative play, Um, it just kind of is what it is. Second play, he ends up getting stepped on by either the center or the guard. (laughs) Again, I mean, there's really nothing you can do about that, it happens. Um... And uh, so I'm sure he'll continue to grow and and mature, and I'm not too worried about that. Um, One other thing that I want to talk about with Spencer, you mentioned his stats. He went 13 of 27. Um, We left a lot out there, right? So, I mean, there's drops, and then there's also muffs in my book. So a drop is like it hit your hands, but it would have been a phenomenal catch. Like you would have really had to have done something spectacular to catch it but that's just kind of a drop. A muff is like it hit you between the eyes. Like you had all the opportunity in the world. You absolutely should have caught it. And it turns into a muff. Um, and there were probably five or six of those. So we add five or six to that and we're looking at 18 to 27, 19 to 27. And that's a pretty good stat line. So between those two things, I mean, I think it was clear that Spencer was the guy. Okay, let's stay on the offensive side of the ball. Let's go with Goodson still. 19 carries for 99 yards. And a touchdown. We covered the touchdown, um, but what do you think? I mean, did this guy live up to the hype? Obviously, a veteran coming off of last year. Um, does this dude deserve a commercial? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, of course, yeah. he deserves a commercial. Relax. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think what really speaks to a player is whether or not you can move him around. I think versatility, I think utility, that kind of stuff really plays into whether or not a player can really take your team somewhere. And the fact that they lined him up in the backfield, they got him moving a lot. We did a lot of motioning throughout the game, not just him. We also motioned our receivers and tight ends quite a bit. Um, But getting him in space, trying to move him 
Um, whether he was out as a receiver, catching the ball, we hit him on a little screen pass there going towards the south end zone. Uh, I think we set up that fourth and two conversion from Spencer to Charlie uh, thereafter. Um, but he was able to be in the in the Wildcat as well. So they're putting him in the backfield with Tracy and, I, and uh, Ivory Kelly Martin. So, I mean, they're moving him around. And if they're moving you around, that means you bring something to the table. I mean, that's just kind of the way it is. So uh, the fact that he's continuing to play at a high level, I don't see any slowing down for this dude. Okay, next one here, Tyler Linderbaum. Um, I would just like to mention that when he did go down, um, I'm pretty sure all of the air went out of Kinnick Stadium. Oh, for sure. (laughs) I think everyone got like a little bit nervous. Um, Was happy to see him get up, of course. And I would just also like to say that I predicted that it was (laughs) maybe a really bad like Charlie Horse type situation because for some reason my eye was like drawn Um, when he went down and I saw him kind of grab the side of his thigh and I was like, you know, I'm just going to cross my fingers and hope that that's just kind of like a, like I said, a Charlie Horse. And he did say in his post game that um, it was like a helmet to the thigh and so, how much of the thigh can really burn i mean yeah i'm not uh, i'm not underestimating that for <laughs> that's sure that's a tough hit <laughs> um but wishing all the best for tyler we know we've got um you know the best in the business and the and the training room taking care of him but let's talk about his uh preseason all-american expectations here i mean what did you see out of this first game all i saw was a guy that went out there was doing his job um and did it to exactly what everybody thought he was going to do it to i guess if that makes sense he just goes out there and plays like that's the thing you know you don't hear too much uh this that the other thing when it comes to him you just know a guy's gonna hit the grindstone and go and uh you know on that touchdown on tyler goodson's first touchdown he he blocked two guys on the play and the second guy ended up with his face in the turf helplessly watching Tyler Goodson run 56 yards for a touchdown. I mean, anytime you turn on the tape, this dude is dominating somebody and um, it, it's pretty cool to see. And don't get me wrong, linemen out of Iowa get this a lot, but it, it's pretty cool to see somebody just as dominant up front as he is right now. Okay, hopping over now to defensive side of the ball. Let's go defensive backs um, and then just linebackers. So kind of put everybody into the same uh, category here, I guess. But we've got Hankins coming back. Seth Seth Benson, I thought, looked really good. Um, Jack Kerner. Dane Belton had the first had that other interception, and then um, of course we got to talk about Riley Moss and his other pick six that he had there too. So um, yeah, just go for it wherever you want to start. <laughs> well, I think it's it should be common knowledge now that Coach Parker uh, is going to get the DBs ready regardless. I mean, obviously he's going to get the entire defense ready, but his DBs are always ready to go. Um, it's a veteran group. Um, it kind of talks to the utility again, right? I talked about Goodson on offense. They're kind of doing that with Dane Belton over there on defense. It, it's a funky defense. Typically we call it a 4-3 because that Leo is a, when I played, it was a Christian Kirksey body. It's a linebacker that can move in space. It's a Bo Bauer. It's a Ben Neiman, right? It's not Dane Belton, <laughs> at least when I was playing, right? And now it kind of looks like a 3-3-5 three, three, because Van Valkenburg's standing up on the end but he's still playing defensive end. It's still rushing. You don't see him drop off too often. Um, but you only have two in the box because Dane's walked. But then it's still a 4-3 because they'll put Dane over the tackle. And they're saying, hey, you got this 300-pound lineman that's going to come pull for you. That's your job, <laughs> right? So the fact that they move him around is incredible. They take Kayvon out in certain uh, instances when he's playing the, when he's playing strong. They put Dane Belton back to the strong safety. They bring in Justin Jacobs, another phenomenal linebacker bring him, put him at Leo. They leave Jack and Seth inside most of the time, Jack Campbell, that is, most of the time. Um, But the fact that they can move guys around and have different packages and 
And again, I mean, Joe Evans usually stands up, so it almost looks like a 3-4, but it's not because we still got two D-tackle. Like, it's they're playing mind games with everybody because of how they line up. So I was actually, as you were saying all of these things and, like, doing the, like, and then this, but then also this, and then that. I was thinking, like, I wonder how Iowa State is going to, like, be looking <laughs> at our defense this week and being like, you know, guys, you could see this guy doing this, but then also this happens. And, and I'm like, all right, I like, I like where it's headed. I like how that sounds. But the thing is, it's not just that we do a lot of things. It's that we do it well. It's that the guy who goes in at his position knows what he's doing. And that's what happens with veteran leadership, especially on the back end. We talk about the DBs, but not the linebackers, Seth Benson, South Dakota guy. He's from a Sioux Falls school. I'm from Brandon Valley. We really don't like each other, but I'll give him a shout out because we're from South Dakota. Um, there's not many of you. <laughs> there's so. not. There's like 12 of us in the state, but don't hold that against us. Uh, fun fact, the entire state has one area code. One area code. Everyone you meet knows that fun fact because you tell them. Well, it's a great fun fact. Even Iowa has like three. Okay. <laughs> I don't think we're even at a million people. I think last time I saw South Dakota's at like 800,000. Well, look at you. You and Seth Benson. Ayo. <laughs> anyway, so the fact that all those guys are playing as a cohesive unit week one, it bodes well for the rest of the season. Awesome. Okay. Before we kind of move on here, Riley Moss, we got to talk about it. Walter Camp, Defensive Player of the Week. If he's not Big Ten Defensive Player of the Week, he should, be. Wrong. <laughs> he should be. It hasn't come out yet that I'm aware of, but I also haven't been on Twitter because we've been putting a five-month-old to bed for the last two hours. So um, <laughs> he, uh, another interesting factoid, I guess, that has nothing to do with area codes, um, <laughs> is that he's actually one of four Big Ten players to have two pick sixes in one game. And you brought this up that we actually have half of those Big Ten players um, in this stat line, I guess. So who was the other one? Yeah, Josh Jackson in 2017 uh, against Wisconsin. We were at Camp Randall. Offense played um, bad. (laughs) (laughs) Offense played poorly. (laughs) I was a part of that team. I did not play well that game. Um, Yeah, that was a poor game by the offense. But thankfully, you know, Josh had two pick sixes in that game to keep us in it. And uh, obviously now Riley has, has two. And that's a, I mean, it's DBU, right? Yeah, I like that stat line. I think it's actually pretty interesting and like that we've got um, got half the players there in there. Um, but I guess you could kind of say Riley Moss was, quote unquote, I mean, this is kind of facetious, but um, the hero of the game, right? I mean, just alone with one of his pick sixes, we would have won the game, which let is alone crazy. with two of them, um, which I don't know if that says more about Riley or more about Indiana, but <laughs> what is sure. the, that's a uh, slight to you, Phyllis, as well. As the <laughs> if you don't know The Office, then it, it you hurts need to me watch. A you bit. need to watch. You would understand that reference, I think. I kind of butchered it, but that's okay. It's okay. Um, so anyway, like I said, I guess he was kind of the hero of the game. But we want to talk to you about not only the ones that got all the um, the accolades and the awards and the attention, but also the unsung heroes. Because I think there's a lot of times some guys that are going in there and just really doing their jobs and doing them well, either the entire game or maybe just for one play that made all the difference for that one play to happen. So let's talk about our unsung heroes here in just a second. We're going to take a quick break. So with us being a brand new show, we don't have any advertisements just yet, which I'm sure some of you can appreciate. But we did want to take just a quick mid-show break, I guess, to express our gratitude for the men and women of the United States military. Um, And we really can't thank you enough for your service, whether you're active duty or you're a veteran. Um, We just really thank you from the bottom of our hearts for keeping America safe and keeping us free. And we both have a personal tie to the military. One of my best friends um, I went to high school with, 
Uh, ended up enlisting shortly after college, uh, and he's still in the reserves, as well as um, Laura's cousin is active duty in the military. Uh, so we thank you for you guys. We thank you guys for your service. So let's do it. Let's talk about the unsung hero of the game. I'm going to let you go first. Who is your hero? So it's not over the course of the game. This is just over one play. Okay. And any good play, um, there's multiple factors that go into it. I mean, obviously, you got 22 guys on the field. you got 11 that are working towards the same goal. And so one highlight reel that everybody's going to talk about, and you and I already discussed this before the show, that it's going to be on every highlight. It's going to be everywhere if it's the Goodson hurdle, right? I think all of us know exactly what play I'm referring to. So let's talk about the other 10 guys that were on that, and specifically the receiver that was on the close side. Yes, I'm talking about a receiver. Yes, he wears number 89. I don't care, okay? <laughs> on this particular play, there he, is did a, no bias here. <laughs> he did a phenomenal job, okay? So anytime you're a receiver, you're looking at who the immediate threat is if you're not trying to get into the box, you're looking at who the immediate threat will be to stop in the run, which is either the safety or the corner, depending upon how they're playing. Indiana typically has a lower safety, um, and so that's probably who you're going to be dealing with, right? Safeties are the bigger guys. Corners typically don't like to tackle as much as safeties do. Safeties are really come downhill. Um, like I said, they're bigger bodies. They're better built for it. Corners are more for being able to stay with receivers and run around and all that kind of stuff. Not saying they can't tackle, just typically safeties want to tackle more. So on this particular play, Goodson's running to the right. Regani has to go in there and he's got to meet this safety coming down hard. And he meets him in the hole. Boom, bam, hard block. It's not always the most fun thing to do, but it frees Goodson up one-on-one with the corner. So the corner's thinking pass, 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 because again, the safety's the the immediate filler. So the corner's got to be ready for anything funky that's going to come around. So he's sitting back playing pass. Now he's got to react to the run, and now he's forced to make a one-on-one tackle with Tyler Goodson. They did have a few during the game, but you're not going to get him every time. You're not going to tackle Tyler Goodson one-on-one every single time. And instead of making him look silly going around him, he made him look silly by going over the top. A phenomenal play by Tyler, but I think Nico really was able to spring him. And really, even if if Tyler Goodson only gets an additional four or five yards, the fact that he helped spring him for a few more yards is more than enough for doing his job. Shout out to Nico Regani, unsung hero of the game. Okay, I like it. Now, here is mine. This is an entire unit. And I think it's one that a lot of times when they're good and they're solid, I think they get taken for granted a little bit. I could be wrong, but I think, I don't know. That's just where my head is. (laughs) That's where I'm at. And if I'm wrong, I'm sure everyone's going to let me know on Twitter. Um, (laughs) Sure. Love it. I think that's just what Twitter's about. Anyway, um, special teams. So Indiana had one opportunity to return a punt negative two yards and a quick shout out for terry roberts on that who's a phenomenal gunner last year again like she said taken for granted unsung hero kind of guy runs down there does his job he's the one who gets there first as the gunner he takes his shot forced the returner to move laterally and the rest of the boys are able to make the tackle there you have it and then we've got charlie jones that 18 yard return we love to see that he's kind of an elusive runner and also i just feel like he's a reliable guy that you know is going to catch the punt Right. And I think that's something that, again, something that people take for granted a lot of times because you can kind of like, I don't know if this sounds right, but like space out during that part and be like, yeah, he's going to catch it. I don't know how far he's going to get, but he's going to catch it for sure, which I think is why. And again, there's no bias here, but why you were (laughs) back there because they knew you were going to catch the ball 
every time. Well, so, I, got, I got two things I want to quick add to that okay, real yeah, quick. Go ahead. So one, and another thing about uh, this, the punt, uh, punt return unit, when it's a shanked punt, which that was their punter. He's a punter from New Zealand for Indiana. First time ever in a football game. He shanked a few. It happens. But one of them he shanked and Charlie's given a a Peter call, which means that it's a short punt. And if anybody knows, you got to get out of the way, get out of bounds. Do not mess with it because if that ball bounces and hits you, it's a fumble, right? So Riley Moss is playing DB on one side. I don't know if we were in punt safe or it was the actual punt return unit. Charlie Jones makes a Peter call. Riley buzzes outside. I mean, just instinctively, boom, I'm out of here. Just little things like that. And then uh, just to your point of Charlie Jones, a little bit of a risk taker. He's got a little bit of like, I really don't care who's here. I'm going to field the ball. This is my unsung hero. Sorry, thank I you didn't mean th- to commandeer that. Yeah, <laughs> No, I appreciate it. Um, but yeah, I think his instincts are there. Um, and again, I just think he's a really reliable guy. And I think it's it's fun to watch him field the ball as dangerous as I know it is because it just it makes me cringe a little bit. No matter who's back there, I'm like, Oh, punt returning, it just feels like a dangerous <laughs> job. Um, and then also we got to talk about Tory Taylor. Six punts, 297 yards. The average 49 and a half in the long for him uh, was 59 yards. Um, so, again, just a phenomenal um, showing. Showing by him, yeah. Thank you. Couldn't find the word for that, apparently. Um, but, yeah, once again, I think uh, he's just a reliable guy and somebody that he gets out on the field and everyone just kind of goes, yep, here he goes. And he's just doing his job. And I think that might be kind of like the the like headline of what we're seeing here with this first game is everybody just kind of like did their job. Um, but also want to talk about Tori, too. I was down there um, watching their warm-ups. I was down on the field and I was just kind of watching him hunting you know it's kind of an interesting thing to watch it was uncharacteristic of him but he shanked a ball right and it was like he's in warm-ups it was a complete accident uncharacteristic and i just saw him like beat himself up right there in warm-ups and i was like oh don't beat yourself up you're good but it really made me be like man that's a guy that takes his craft seriously um and really wants to perfect it and so even more respect goes towards him too, right? Of like, absolutely, I can totally appreciate somebody that like takes takes their craft seriously, like I said. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting too. And just kind of a shout out to him for a phenomenal showing with the first time in Kinnick with fans. Yeah, yeah. We kind of forget this is only his second year playing football. Um, American football, yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we remember <laughs> last year how it kind of bobbled and he kicked it. You know, because he's still learning the rules. And this that was dude... one of my favorite plays of the year because I was like, I didn't know that was wrong. Either. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, this is the same guy that he shanks one in a warm up and he's and he's, you know, obviously not pleased with himself. And so that kind of mentality with still being brand new to the sport, it, it only shows what he's capable of or what he can be doing. Definitely. Um, so there we have it. The special teams unit got a special place in my heart. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That was a little cheesy. Yeah, a lot of cheesy. All right, moving on. Um, I guess that's pretty much it um, for this episode. I hope you guys liked it. We're moving on to Cyhawk Week. This is one of the best weeks in all of college football, in my opinion. Yeah, and the fact that game day is going to be there is going to make it that much more special. Okay, Cyhawk Week. Let's do it. I'm excited. Um, we're going to have a jam-packed show on Friday because I feel like there's a lot to cover, first of all. Two highly ranked teams, a rivalry game. And then probably a little bit of reminiscing to him. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I always enjoyed playing Iowa State for numerous reasons. We know this. (laughs) All right. Let's roll. Go Hawks. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile 
and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.